now it's recording. Level up! <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Welcome to Rules is Written. Uh, uh, the DD podcast where we uh, tell you the rules is written. Today we're looking at uh, leveling up. JT, have you ever leveled up before? <laughs> Never once in my life. <laughs> well, I'm going to help you. I've been waiting for this day for so long. <laughs> so, leveling up. It's an integral part of any D&D game. You've got to level up. You've got to get bigger. You've got to get stronger. And we're going to help you get there. Yeah. So, we've talked a lot about classes. We've talked a lot about spells. We've talked a lot about variations of gameplay. But now it's time that you've been playing for yeah. you to level up. The stuff we're going to go through, we've told before in various episodes and stuff. We're also going to run through some alternate rules. Alternative rules. Just to kind of keep it all in one place. All right. So I've just recently acquired a buttload of experience and I've done a lot of fun stuff on the way. 300 to be precise. <laughs> <laughs> Some of which I'm, I can't legally speak about. <laughs> so uh, you will level up. Now, gaining a level is a pretty straightforward thing. You just got to go through a few steps. So yeah. when you first gain a level, check your class table that will give you the lowdown on all the new things that you're going to get yeah and that'll be everything that we talked about in the class episodes regarding things like new feats and anything that has to do with spell casting tables or anything yep. like that check the php it'll all be there in your big table so things that you will always do you will always be able to get more hit points beef yeah so up. you'll roll your hit dice add your constitution and then add that total to your max HP, which is pretty cool. And what's also nice to note is that raising your constitution retroactively gives you hit points. Mm. So this is something that might come up with another common thing that happens when you level up, which is increasing your ability score improvements. Mm. So you don't always have to roll a dice to increase your hit points, right? No, there's a like suggested thing in the PHB like in your classing bay you can roll a dice or it's normally just above average so if you're a d8 it's a five if you're a d6 then it's a four plus your constitution yeah for my boys that like to play it safe out there <laughs> <laughs> always roll dice yeah uh, roll it's, dice crew hey it's dangerous it's dangerous world out there <laughs> we already gonna have to worry about <laughs> so once you've checked all those things out you've got your features you've got your new hit points you may also have a higher proficiency bonus. Yeah, so how do you know if you... It's in your table. A... It's in your table. All classes get them pretty much exactly the same. You check your proficiency bonus and it will be either plus two, plus three, plus four, plus five, or plus six. So you get it every few levels. You'll get an increase. You will be doing something every level, at least the hit points. Mm. So is it always just as easy to level up? across level well it it's it depends how you're leveling up if we go for the base way of xp then the first few levels are kind of quick i think and then it gets a bit more difficult to the early mid tier the mid tier can get a bit long and then the late game for some reason it speeds up a bit mm. and the dungeon master's guide suggests like one day's adventuring for a level for the first few up into three days adventuring and then back down to about two days adventuring. Okay. So like a typical game might look a little bit like a bell curve of difficulty. 
Yeah, but where... it's it's really slight, and there's it really depends way more on how the DM balances the whole thing. This is just what the Dungeon Master's Guide suggests. Right, and we'll go into different variations of gameplay that might even make that more different. Like... Yeah, the way that the player's handbook kind of describes it is that this whole thing comes in four tiers. So the first tier levels one to four are you trying to basically trying out your character class, finding your feet and your feet. Hey. Yeah. Hey, nice. <laughs> and yeah, just, just getting a hold on the whole thing. Okay. What happens after the first four levels? So the next four, is that like, now you've like hit your stride? Yeah, I mean, you should really know if you want to continue with this class by the right. first four levels. You'll get everything that kind of defines your class. For the next, like, five or six levels or so, you'll be hitting quite big power thresholds. That's you'll when get, you like, get your third-level spells. Yeah, and they're, they're quite a big jump. Things like Fireball, Lightning Bolt, things that can deal out some real hurt. You'll get these between levels five and ten, really. Yeah, so you should have, like, maybe more of a handle. Yeah, your extra right attack normally comes around here here and also you should be able to have a bigger presence in the world mm. like when you're that you're role-playing and living in okay so then the next year was that 11 to 16 yeah about that this is where most games might kind of peter out if you're doing homebrews and right. stuff starting from level one this might be where you get up to you've really kind of hit the top of a realistic scenario. Yeah, like this is where your characters are probably around like the most powerful for the average place that you go to. Like, yeah, yeah. This is where you are like a major force in the world, yeah. but you're still amongst men, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Like you're still you would be human. recognizable. You would be like, this is a this is a powerful force. Yeah. Afterwards, the final three or four levels. Um, this is where you get to the very, very top of your class. Uh, yeah. This is where you become basically your class incarnate. You are yeah. an archetype in of yourself. <laughs> this is wacky campaign territory. <laughs> it's like, what are, yeah. the, what are the rules gymnastics that you have to do to make... So a, a good way to kind of think about it is your first five levels or so, you're saving villages, you're hunting down lost turnips, you're <laughs> clearing mines, yeah. Okay. The next five, you're saving cities, towns, like large uh, areas of property, so defeating... So you might, like, defend a town. Yeah, yeah, I mean a city, even, like mm. a, a place with a lot more at stake. Right. The next five, you're going to be weighing on the fate of kingdoms kind of right. thing. This, this is, is your where Dragon your... Quest, Monster Hunter oh, type yeah, of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is where you get into the, the big... The big leagues. Yeah. And then the final five or so, this is where you're saving worlds. God, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is planes of existence yeah. and stuff like that. So They want to reawaken the old one. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a logarithmic <laughs> scale up. So yeah, that's, that's really leveling up. So how much XP would you get between these different bands like what's like an example of like what's a reasonable amount of xp you might get from different encounters and things like that so it goes up logarithmically like it's the first level is 300 xp then you need 900 to get to the next level then 2700 xp to go up and up now it's very important to note that your xp does not reset at the end of each level, when you reach level two, you have 300 XP. So you only need 600 XP to get so to the next level, not 900. Your XP is accumulating. Yeah, your XP is accumulative because that would be horrific. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, it, it goes up logarithmically, but then so does the XP that you're getting. Like your monsters are bigger, they give more XP. Yeah, it's... like before, it, it, it seems to kind of follow a general bell curve in difficulty. Yeah, so the first few you'll be dealing in like the hundreds of XP, then you'll be dealing in the thousands. Then you'll be dealing in kind of the tens of thousands. And then for the final four levels, you'll be dealing in like 50,000 odd at some points. It's like 30, 40, 50,000. Well, oh, like how much more XP you'll need to level up. Yeah, so that's really everything that's in the player's handbook on this topic. The next, the next part to touch on is really what the DMG has to say about this. So what determines how much... XP different encounters and different monsters might give you. Now there's a whole guide on this in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Like how to balance an encounter and stuff. And this is perfect for those kind of combat heavy games which many D&D games are. So it's basically there's an XP value assigned to each creature in the monster manual and stuff. But there's a lot of different ways you could gain XP. The books use the term defeat uh, opponent. So you don't necessarily have to kill them, which I think is something that's often underused. Yeah, that was interesting. Like you could just like, I don't know, you kidnap this guy. Hey, I feel a little bit stronger now. Yeah, like if you're if you're fighting your BBEG and he smoke bombs and gets away like they mm. always do, you should still be getting XP for that because you you've kind of defeated them. Maybe not the full XP, but They're you should like, be getting XP. See me again, Batman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Batman leveled up that day. <laughs> what about like if you deliver like a sick burn like a particularly sick burn the guy's like i am defeated <laughs> i, I mean, can't come up with any comeback whatever your dm <laughs> defines as defeat is defeat right okay. so you get the xp equivalent of that you can either kill routing like making them run away which is something that should be noted if you're facing horde enemies so if you're if you're facing 20 goblins you slaughter 10 of them Maybe the other 10 are not feeling so brave. You should still defeat those. Right, okay. So it's like, what's the sense of your accomplishment in this? Yeah. It's like, whether or not do you deserve the XP. The next part is that you divide the XP from a monster. So if a monster gives 300 XP and you have three adventurers, each adventurer gets 100 XP. I mm -hmm. okay. So this means that if you have a larger party, then the same monster doesn't like, you know give you as much xp per person yeah exactly so you want to be facing more monsters with a larger party yeah that kind of makes sense because it scales up in difficulty yeah right? exactly exactly you can't just be like farming the low level guys if that's a thing that's possible in dnd <laughs> <laughs> i mean in theory yeah DM, i guess give like, me little small guys villagers have an xp value right <laughs> do they actually i haven't really i think so i think your base human is like 10 xp or something innocent civilian what's the XP it's like value? the it's like the south park episode where they kill boars uh, in yeah, the woods. yeah so like the boars would be the civilians yeah exactly <laughs> so collateral damage could be like a <laughs> Also, NPCs can gain XP. Now, um, you can have this to be like, oh, your NPCs level up, but it's really more of an XP sink. So if an NPC helps you in a fight, then they can gain some of the XP just so you don't gain it, really, from uh, a gameplay mechanic standpoint. Okay, so if you have like a companion that's like an NPC companion or something like that. Does that extend to 
other like creatures that might be with you as well like not under your direct control maybe like not part of the spell but yeah i mean like a... if they're helping you i don't see why not like if they are a intrinsic part of the fight like they've really helped you win then they deserve the xp right okay but that and... wouldn't be necessarily like a familiar that's part of like a spell or anything no 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 if if because that's you've cast that it's still like you but if if there's a local owlbear who's taken a shine to you that you've raised since they were a cub or something, then they should be getting XP. And maybe your DM can level them up. Yeah. Like, you can still pitch that idea. If they're an NPC that sticks around for a long time and they gain a decent amount of XP and they're beloved, then DMs, you should definitely like think about leveling up your NPCs. Yeah, seize the means of production. The value <laughs> of the product belongs to the workers. <laughs> but what about if you are going through these encounters and you have like party members that are not present sometimes? I mean, this is something that's going to happen in almost every group, right? There's always some people that can't show up. I think, I mean, I mean, you shouldn't give these people like a hard time depending on why they're not showing up. If they're just like being kind of lazy and lame and like committing something and not following through, then... Like, yeah, maybe you need to talk about them, but people have busy lives, right? Sometimes they just can't make things. And how you deal with that is a real case-by-case -case basis. I know some people who you've got to be there to get the XP, and some people even give XP as a reward for showing up. Yeah, I can see it as a, like, a good incentive to be like, um, well, if you commit to this, then. Yeah, but I think you've also got to be kind of adult about it right like if someone can't show up because they're working two jobs or something and yeah like, like they're trying to be there whenever they can don't punish them for that i mean honestly most of the time i give xp as though everyone was there kind of thing okay yeah. have you ever had a campaign where you had different characters from different levels yeah i have it happens relatively often like i guess compared to other campaigns that i've heard of and talked about because i sometimes give like i don't know like demon deals to gain a level or mm. something i mean there's always fun things like that but i think also if if there's like i think also the perceived value of a level for players is much higher than its actual value and mm. i think that's something you, you kind of got to take into account like if someone is one or two levels behind it can make them feel like really quite underpowered or bad even if they're not even if on paper like if they were an extra level maybe they didn't gain much that level i mean even the the gap between levels isn't as big as i think a lot of people think Hmm. Um, there could be an opportunity there though right like you could have it so that you might have times when you have different people at different levels and then you can use that as opportunities for uh, i think i remember we played a campaign where one of the players had a special gambit that they had to go through like a trial hmm. that they had to go through in order to get special like additional levels or something okay. and this is to like I feel out a new class or something yeah, I mean, that's a good way of feeling out a new class, right? Just throw them a few extra levels. But I, it's it's also about being fair, because even if you're playing with a load of adults who are like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever, just here for fun, deep down inside they want levels, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, no one likes it if one person is getting, like, two extra levels just for no real reason. So if I give one person an extra level, it may come with a kind of, like, like I said, demon steel drawback or... You, you give other people the options for extra levels or stat buffs or new items that other people don't get and stuff like you try and cater your sessions 
like individually to each player okay so you don't leave any people behind because i mean if someone does have to miss a few sessions and, and it gets bad like they could be like two three levels behind they're probably not going to want to come back to play if it's like yeah not if, able to participate yeah it, it can just feel kind of lame like imagine if it's the early level like you've got a level one character or something two character other people are throwing around fireballs and things blowing stuff up and you're just like minor illusion <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it it just makes you feel like you're not participating like you're not in the game even if you want to be in the game even if you're trying right so that's what it's all about yeah it's like, like you're making impact. your players feel empowered yeah exactly i mean that's what D is right it's a yeah. power fantasy so yeah i always try and give people xp when they're not around do you only give xp for combat challenges no 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 you can you can give xp for i mean any challenge really right it's got to have a risk of failure I think that's kind of key. If it's okay. just a story beat that's going to happen anyway, even if your players don't know it. But if you as a DM know that they're going to pass this because it's a story beat and like one way or another they'll get to the end of this, then don't give them XP for that. I think you'll be better off not using XP at all and just leveling from story beats, which is actually kind of my preferred way of doing it, if I'm honest, to be honest. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this would be something that there's a risk of failure for. So it isn't something that is guaranteed success. And yeah. also, I guess, have some kind of significance to the party. So this could be anything that the party can even initiate themselves, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Anything that is a challenge, really, right? If you've got to negotiate a contract or something that may or may not work, or you've got to parlay with a load of dwarves in a stronghold somewhere... Right, so negotiations could be one. What about like, um, uh, we had an episode where we talked about a lot of downtime activities. Would e would any of those downtime activities that you can do contribute to your leveling XP? There was the downtime activity of just gaining levels, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that one of them? But yeah, yeah but in, in the in the spirit of like non-combat things, like maybe you have- I don't know, maybe not downtime activities just because they're a bit spammable. That's like a I thing think. that you can say and that you do in an amount yeah, of time. Yeah, and it's not really so much of a challenge. Puzzles, I think, are a big thing. Mm. Like, you should be given XP for puzzles in dungeons and stuff. If it's a puzzle that they have to solve to progress, then you shouldn't really give XP for that, I don't think. Okay. Like, unless that, unless it's going to kill them if they don't solve the puzzle. But if it's an optional puzzle, you should be definitely given XP for that. Okay. Um, what are some examples of things that the players might initiate themselves that might not have anything to do with the story or like anything that might? I think a lot of it is kind of role playing kind of things. Like when people want to buy a plot of land and they need to go get that land. Okay. They could get XP at the end, however they get it. I mean, if they get it from bribing the king, if they get it from convincing a lord to uh, like give them his land however right. they do Anything it that can be like a mini yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's endless right what about making a friend you can depends on the friend <laughs> yeah, if it's demogorgon <laughs> you get the civilian xp that we talked about yeah. <laughs> whatever their level is you get you get three would XP. that be defeating them you've defeated them <laughs> you've de if they're racist then yeah maybe <laughs> you've overcome i hate racism. elves but you're all right yeah. seven xp <laughs> i'm level 17 <laughs> all right so you mentioned that not always through 
straight encounters or straight combat, you can get XP. You can also level up through milestones. Right? Yeah, you can either do this with XP, like you can give XP at certain milestones, which is a kind of optional rule. If you want to do this, then kind of disregard the previous things I said. When you reach a puzzle that you have to solve to pass, then you get XP for it. Like, And that's a perfect way of doing it. It's kind of actually more leans towards my preferred way of doing it. And that helps a lot with like managing the overall like party progression. And yeah. Stuff, where you, like, you want to start throwing bigger things at them. Mm. Um, they're not necessarily ready. So like you can start making different progressions and your story have different levels of experience for that. Yeah. I mean, if you're running with milestones or like leveling without XP, I think you, you can tailor the experience to players much more. Although some players don't like it. Some players like getting XP, right? Okay. Like, so they like seeing that number go up. That could be a session zero topic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which we still haven't done. We should have a session. We should. What about this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what do we want this podcast to be? Yeah, 37 episodes in. So also... How much XP would you determine these things give you, whether it be milestones or non-combat? Anything that doesn't have, like, because monsters will have, like, a CR, they'll have, like, an amount of XP that's attributed to them, but I think these after, things after running a few games, a few sessions, you should be able to get an idea of how much XP a certain encounter will give versus so how it difficult of, it is. Yeah. So if you're level one and you're coming up to a few goblins, that's not too difficult in a party of like four people. You mm. beat up two, three goblins, fine. If you've got a very like easy riddle at the start of a cave or something, a start of a little dungeon, then maybe that's Similar just worth a that. few goblins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just kind of feel it out. It's not, if even if you kind of over level people a bit, you can just give less XP for a little bit. Okay, but you successfully have seduced the dragon and now you feel like you're <laughs> you're due <laughs> you're due a big chest of XP. If you seduce a dragon, you instantly get eaten in one of, in any of my games. <laughs> Clichés are forbidden. <laughs> That's what they say when they eat you too. <laughs> Another cool thing with like milestones and stuff is you don't have to give XP as kind of a reward for milestones. Yeah, so then you don't have is, to level them up. What is like um, a game without XP look like? Um, so there's a few different ways you can do it. Two probably main ones. Session based, which I think is very good if you're playing with people you might not know or you're playing... I think this is kind of more common at your local i was gonna say local lgs but that's like saying local local game store right yeah at your lgs if you're playing with maybe people you don't know that often and you've all got like a schedule to do life things in you know then you can just say okay we've got four hours each time to play on this night we're going to level up every two sessions mm. and you just write sessions, adjust sessions as you go. Also sounds like maybe the easiest way to do uh, leveling advancement too. Right? Yeah, totally. And you can extend that if they're rushing through content and they become underpowered. I mean, you could just level them up at, like in one session, right? Or yeah. vice versa. You walk versa, through this door, right? you feel empowered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other point which is my preferred way of doing it is story-based advancement. I like doing it this way because 
I think it, I think it's quite satisfying. It helps me plan content quite far in advance, but I homebrew all my campaigns. Like I, I heavily go into homebrew. So we had a campaign where you had to defeat five dragons. And after defeating each dragon, you got a level, which is really slow for a lot of things. But I mean, you guys weren't really a level driven party. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys started at level 11 and ended at like level 16. Yeah. So, I mean, once you get beyond 16, it, as we said a million times it gets a ridiculous right yeah. like yeah and you're no longer trying to beat dragons but all the chromatic dragons are like one challenge rating above each other like there's a very clear progression like yeah you do white green black blue red yeah so you don't have to incorporate aggressive leveling up in your sessions if you have an idea for like you know, a theme of play that might benefit from just being of a certain power and being comfortable with like what your power level is, feeling that out. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I kind of supplement that with items, with inspiration dice for small things, as well as a lot of kind of just wacky effects, curses and boons that you guys got and stuff. Yeah, so then you end up using maybe more nuanced benefits that you gain throughout playing rather than just a set rules as written way of yeah yeah exactly and it really worked for us because there were five bbegs well there yeah. were six but you never found the sixth one and they are all one challenge rating above each other i think maybe one of them's two i can't remember but it made it very easy to plan a lot of content knowing that you would all be level 11 for the white dragon. Like you'll be level 11. When you beat the white dragon, you're all level 12. And now I can plan level 12 content from here for the next like month or maybe even two months until you reach the next dragon. Yeah. So with that, you can avoid the situations where it's like you've planned like this big bad encounter and your party has been pooping around like a bunch of, a bunch yeah, of towns, yeah, yeah. like doing a bunch of like off story encounters and things. And now they're like way higher than you were expecting. Yeah, it can also help rein in power gamers, like trying to murder every <laughs> single thing that gives XP, right? There is a potential, though, for I think, like, you could lean into that if you wanted to, where you could have, like, things that were maybe hyped up at the beginning of the game, because you can only control so much as a DM. So if your players end up getting way more powerful than something that you would expect it to be, like, a big fight, mm. it could also be probably kind of funny to just have it be, like, <laughs> anticlimactic in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, again, something you just got to kind of read your play group. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you're all friends, if you're all mates and stuff, there should be no problem with this kind of thing, right? So last, like, when would you want to level up? Like, for a campaign, would you want to have all of your players in session leveling up together? Or do you? would you rather have it, like, at the end of a session? You... I always do it at the end of sessions. And then have I... the players do it at home. Yeah, because that gives them time to read things at home, look things up, talk about things. You kind of get to end on a high as well. Mm. Well, normally, like, if you level up in session as well, it might be just uh, hold that until, until the end of the session. Although sometimes if it's just one player leveling up or something, we can just be like, okay, five minute toilet break and that player can just read. Because if everyone levels up at the same time, everyone's talking and stuff and distracting each other. So no one like sits down and reads there. Like you, you could level up in like a few minutes, but no one ever does, do they? Right. Everyone's like talking for like 20, 30 minutes. And if you've only got a few hours, that just like eats into your time. Yeah. So what about if you had, we were all pretty experienced players. What if you had like less experienced players that might need a little bit more handholding or something? You should really be in a group chat with 
your all your players, right? I think every group should have a group chat on whatever your preferred chat platform is. Just offer any help in there. When I have new players, I will clip from a player's handbook PDF, like the pages that they need, just, just so it's like, oh, it's here. Because if you just give them the book, it can just be overwhelming. They only actually need like three pages, right? Mm, if only there was some kind of podcast or something that would just walk you through the process <laughs> of what a character's class. Yeah, is just send them this episode, right? <laughs> just, just send them this episode yeah. in their character class episode. We have, we have a character class episode for every character class at yeah. this point, and race. <laughs> well, soon. Yeah. All right, that's it. Yeah, it's been a lovely session. So you can email us Toby at RulesIsWrittenShow.com. You can check out the, so- the show notes at rulesiswrittenshow.com. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps a lot. Please, 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 please. Yeah, that would mean a lot yeah. to us. Uh, I feel dirty saying it, but <laughs> it does. No, just tell us what you think. It would be really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Only if it's five stars, though. Yeah, get your four stars out of here. Don't want none of it. We see you. We see you reaching at the four star buttons. Damn it. And uh, if you want, you can become our patron on patreon.com for benefits like special behind the scenes content. Yeah, the link's in the description and stuff. We've got more things planned for the Patreon and stuff. Yeah, lots of exciting stuff in the works. Nice. All right. Until next time. Catch you later. 